BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, uh, my name's Mark. Welcome to the show, and we got Rayway joining us. Hello, back by unpopular demand. Yep, yeah, <laughs> 37 unpopular, yeah, votes of unpopularity you got. Oh man, great. That's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> uh, no, you've written uh, something, and from the looks of it, it sounds like a cool idea. You've written about some Yunari Eldar. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, they're 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 a accelerationist faction of Yanari. Cool. Okay. Uh yeah. Let Let's get into it and then see where the, this takes us. Craftworld, Craftworld, Rad Miniad. The universe has spurred our existence for too long. Once, long ago, we stood as the apex of creation. Now we scatter like Mongkai cowering behind our old and long-dead gods. But now it seems the opportunity to reclaim our glory is fast approaching. Who are we to turn away from such extravagant, extravagant glory and divinity offered to us by the great sleeping god? You need desires, our souls, and who are we to keep them from it? Monkai take the whore prophet and her childish ignorance. Or Monkai take that whore prophet and her childish ignorance. They've failed you need for the final time, and now only one option remains open. 
The true path has always been open, and we will gladly guide you down it. Don't fight us, cousins. It is time that you embrace the God you need. Your acceptance is non-negotiable. Lord Autark, Autark, Severin Griniathir. Craftworld Radminiad is an infamous craftworld among the Eldari race. Known for their aggressive beliefs in the cult of Yanid, the Eldari have been seen going to war against their own race far more often than any other. The craftworld is further unique in the sheer scale and complexity of its design. The reason for this another <clears throat> the reason for this is another reason for the notor notoriety of the craft world, and that being that the craft world isn't a single craft world, but rather multiple craft worlds who've been for forcibly fused together. Cool, like mm -hmm. a space Hulk, but for uh, yeah, right, yeah, really exactly, cool. exactly. I took the concept of like how Kamarai is, which is a bunch of like cities built on top of each other, and I basically took it in a Yanari context where they'll like attack another craft world and they'll like <laughs> stitch that one onto their own effectively. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I can just Again, kind of even just pick like picture big wraith bone stitches like literally kind of fusing and growing the hull together eventually and yeah. Very Again, cool. your acceptance is non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> the history of Rahaminiad the craft world Rahaminiad was once a lesser known craft world. Its people content to live the life following the paths and the guidance of their seer leaders. Among the craft world's protectors was none other than Severon Grithnir, a renowned warrior and master of several aspect warrior shrines. And soon he would attain the rank of Otark. To solidify his ascension to such status, he would need to leave his craft world, as was tradition, journeying far away from his home and his people. Only after spending half a single Monkai's life, lifetime, he, would re he could return, expected to return with trophies, relics, and fetishes detailing his exploits. For the next 50 years, Severon Grithnir would fight across the sector, seeking to make a name for himself and his craft world. On one battlefield, he faced an assassin of the corpse seer, taking his skull. On another, he faced an upstart orc war boss, while leaving his force to turn on itself. And on another... He joined forces with a massive Monkai army as they faced a minor Necron dynasty. Of course, they didn't know he was there or just how much he contributed to their success until he arrived and took the head of their general. And although brief, Severon truly suspected that he was doing a great things in service to his craft world, earning them glory and an opportunity to achieve the coming greatness his seers pre preached would come. It wasn't until he returned to his craft world that he realized all of this was for nothing. Returning home after fifteen after fifty Terran years, he found that his craft world was engaged with a powerful tendril of the Tyranid hive mind, and despite his be their best efforts, they were losing. Feeling the red hot fire of Caleb Menchikane within him, Severon charged into the war zone that had become his craft world, and there he faced the mighty Tyranid hive tyrant, slaying it, but only barely, and. As they worked to purge the Tyranids on board, under Severon's leadership, the Craftworld managed to escape the rest of the Hive Tendril. Enraged and overtaken by the overwhelming grief and dread, the fury contained within Severon would only boil over when he discovered, while more than two-thirds of the population died to the Tyranids, the Farseer Council remained unharmed. They had been aware of this coming cataclysm and aimed to plot that for their own survival. 
further admitting they knew either he or another force would come to say to their salvation long before even a single farseer died and as a rage overtook him severon overtook severon he removed the farseer council declaring them traitors of the highest order and for the crime of genocide against their own people Without their counsel to lead them, the remaining Eldar turned to Severon for guidance. Unfortunately, Severon himself had lost his will and, more importantly, his faith. He trusted the Farseers that they had their race's best interests at heart, and that their will and their power, they could avoid disaster. Instead, they grew complacent and soft, willing to allow fate and their trust in the old ways to guide them. They were wrong. The Eldar could not survive like this and not with leaders like these. He heard rumors of a new god that was brewing in the infinity circuits, and one who could slay Slanesh. And, as he realized, perhaps this was where fate and the wills of the gods were taking into their own hands. And, for a time, they were overjoyed, surrendering to the witch Yevrain and, uh, and unofficially joining her Yanari. Though, as he delved deeper into the teachings of Yanid and the methods that Yevrain had been following to bring about his birth, Severon couldn't help but acknowledge her failure. Her strategy to summon Yanid was only possible should she secure all of the crone swords and pull forth the souls of the Eldar from the crone world of the craft worlds. But what if there were not enough souls to give Yanid the power necessary to defeat, to defeat Slanesh? Naturally, ensuring there were enough souls to provide Yanid upon his birth should have been their maximum priority, not rushing him into form and potentially summoning him far too early and far too weak to defeat the great enemy. Seeking to spread his beliefs among the virgining Yanari, Severon would proclaim the best possible solution to ensure Yanid is as strong as possible, is to merge the former plan, the Rahadandra, with the crone swords, a mass suicide, an offering to the god of death and rebirth. But while most of his craft world followed him in, this, in his radical beliefs, there were those who didn't, who didn't. And after realizing what he was asking was beyond the wills of his weak and cowardly cousins, Severon and his most loyal followers were forced to take extreme measures in order to help their god achieve victory. With little choice, Severon killed his fellow craft worlders, executing them for their loyalty to Slanesh. If Yanid was the best option to defeat Slanesh, then any action other than those that directly helped to accelerate his birth are actions that actively serve to protect Slanesh. <clears throat> Sorry. Recently, he and his extremist followers have been seen launching full-scale attacks in other Elder Eye craft worlds that have yet to pledge themselves to either the Yanari or the Cult of Yanid. These attacks are not done without warning, as a craft world's newly chosen Farseers will allow the tar their target the opportunity to decide amongst themselves if, there are will if they will willingly join. Usually, this caused the craft world to devolve into civil unrest or even outright war. After giving the craft world the standard 14-hour notice, the number of Yanid, being that he is the 14th Eldar god, Rahaminiad will attack in full force. Victory is usually celebrated with a mass execution of those who oppose Rahaminiad and the integration of the craft world and its remaining population. Of course, in order to prove the integrity of their new followers, they request one half of them further submit themselves to public ritual suicide. 
Those who are the first to jump at the opportunity to give themselves to your need are never chosen, as is their loyalty that can be counted on. Those who refuse or are pointed out by these first few willing participants will be selected. And if they are still unwilling, a trusted friend or family member can carry out their sentence. Goodness gracious, that took a twist for... <laughs> that's that's so cool i really like that bit about no no, no we're not gonna kill the first people but like they don't tell the masses that obviously yeah yeah, yeah. such a cool it's, way of doing it yeah it's to make sure that you know only the most pious and loyal to you need can yeah can serve him but as you can't argue with this logic if you need is the best option for the eldar wouldn't not summoning him be helping slanesh <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, th this might have been my only thing i kind of was wondering about is just this guy's motivation your farseer so like the the craft world gets attacked by tyranids and then two-thirds get wiped out and the whole council committing genocide on their own people essentially just due to lack of action was all very cool um but then all of a sudden it kind of just switched to like now we have to stop slanish for some reason um it's okay. So the the reasoning behind it. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. I, I'm I'm sorry if it was. No, no, uh, no. The, yeah, the concept is basically he seen. Um, I basically used the farseers at like the the council as an allegory for like. I grew up in a religious household where like I constantly had people talking about how oh it's God's will if something bad happens. Oh, sure. God's faith, like let God <laughs> like if something bad happens, it's God's. It's all part of God's plan, effectively. Yeah. And a part of me, that always, like, stung me the wrong way because I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist now. But I was basically using, in his mind, Severon's, uh, like, relating the Farseer's complacency to not act in the same instance as, like, the other gods didn't take action. They're not taking action yeah. and they died. They failed and now, yeah. So he's basically yeah. relating, you guys are not doing anything. The other gods didn't do anything and now they're dead. Your brain and your need are the only people who are actually going to take action to save our people. I you see. Guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the only ones who aren't remaining stagnant to the old ways, kind of what you were mentioning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My my one quick thought was, like, if you changed out Tyranids with, like, Slanish, then there would also be that, like, we really need to do something. Slanish is, like, yeah. a serious issue. But that, it works with Tyranids, well, in my, in my, my, not really in my defense, the reason I chose Tyranids and the reason I chose all the races in general yeah. was because my yeah. buddies are actually playing those races. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was more the reason why I chose them. Like, I, like, Perfect. Yeah, for certain purposes, I should have chose Slanesh, and I'm definitely agreeing with you. Like, hindsight, I should have chosen him. Like, no, no, Slanesh, no. I, him or her. Yeah. I think your reason now is infinitely better, and I'm glad we expanded on it because now, yeah, you're tied to your friend's lore. That's That's so much better. Yeah. Yeah, because my buddy he has um, an Imperial Guard army and a um, and he's working on an Orc army right now, or he, he wants to work on an Orc army. And then my other buddy he does Tyranids, so I wanted to relate it to them as best as I could. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, very cool. Uh, you got a little bit more here. We'll carry on. Uh, Craftworld Rad Miniad organization. The leadership structure of Rad Miniad mimics those of existing Craftworld, at least on the surface. The Farseers officially act as the ruling council, and it is at their decision that the guide uh, discretion that guide the craft world. It is their decisions that guide the craft world. As most Eldari respect their abilities and experience. In reality, however, the council is little more than a figurehead for the true head of the craft world, Severon Grenethir. 
Severon not only leads the council behind the scenes, but he also chooses who sits on the council and for how long. As it is not uncommon for problematic farseers to be farseers to be exiled from the council, farseers who have yet to sit on the council can earn a chance to join by proving themselves. Typically, by using their precognitive abilities to proactive to take proactive measures in the creation of new need, either by recovering artifacts, weapons, or allies for the craft world, or Craftworld and Severon Grenathir. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cool. Yes. <clears throat> My turn now? Yep. Awesome. Lord Otark Sevron Grinathir. Lord Otark Sevron Grinathir serves as a lord ruler of the craft world. He leads from the front, commanding his force with both authority and charisma. He wages war armed with his famed star glaive, Edge of Geonova. Furthermore, he adorns his armor in the spirit stones of traitorous Eldara, ensuring that these tr- these particular Eldar can never join in need and be reborn. <sighs> Farseer Luvia Miniad, the daughter of a former leader of the craft world's Farseer Council. Livia, much like her father before her, became lost in the path of the seer. Now she serves the craft world, while also maintaining a complicated relationship with Severon. Known for having been exiled several times, only to return each time to the council and Severon's embrace. <clears throat> Ulyssian the Old. Ulyssian is a powerful and feared wraith lord. While all ghost warriors are seen with disdain and, are ex- and as expendable, Ulyssian is celebrated and honored. His legacy has earned him a place as the personal protector of Severon. The Ulyssian regretfully cannot recall what made him so honored in the first place, as it is the case with all Wraith Lords who return from the Gestalt consciousness that is the Infinity Circuit. His memories remain fractured, remain a fractured, incoherent mess. Very cool lore, man. I like these little yeah. characters. Do you have minis for all of them? I am going to, I effectively, I'm going to buy the Eldar Combat Patrol box, like, as soon as I get the chance. So I, ba- I base Luviria on uh, the farce you get in the box, and Lucian the Old off of the um, Wraith Lord you get in the box. Cool. I am going to get Severon as a um, <coughs> 3D print. Uh, um, sorry, sorry, something in my throat. <laughs> um, I heard as nothing. soon as I get, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as I get the box, as soon as I bet, like right after I get the box, nice. so it's gonna be, yeah, yeah. Um, I also wanted to explain something about Ulyssian, um, about the disdain and as expendable for the Ghost Warriors, like all the Wraith units. Yeah. Um, effectively, um, I didn't mention this because I wasn't sure how to how to work it in, or if it was even necessary to work it in. 
but effectively the um i i use the wraith units or the wraith characters similar to how the um chaos sees dreadnoughts like ah, they'll take a yeah. like they'll take a um a, a particularly like traitorous or traitorous in their mind um eldar yeah and they'll put them inside of a wraith unit because when you like join the infinity circuit then you leave it your mind is like fractured it's like broken yeah. a little bit yeah and then you yeah. need can't have your soul energy essentially yeah as well yeah um yeah, yeah so it's almost like a mix between like yeah like uh a penitent engine as well where yeah you put your criminals in there and they might even serve for a hundred years and get out but yeah that's very cool. Yeah. I, I like that concept of using it that way, man. I I love the 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 craft world. The idea of these like radicals amongst radicals, where they're like, look, if we're not gonna play games, like if we're gonna serve a death god, we're gonna serve the death god, you know, and start yeah. all the civilians. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't just say we're gonna serve a death god and start saving people's lives. No, these guys are gonna take <laughs> exactly. it into their hands. <laughs> yeah, like, it's they're a- not like they're not like fully genocidal against their own race but but like you kind of have to be though that's the whole thing like activate you need you kind of have to be yeah like your options are your your options are help you need be born to defeat slanesh so that everyone can be reborn again or don't do anything and have more eldar like just not have their souls collected and what the race suffers for another ten thousand years yeah yeah exactly the slow slow death yeah um with yanari and stuff have you read a lot of their lore and kind of stuff um i am not a fan of where it ends like where it's ended and where it's been left off personally because i'm not a fan like Okay, I'm okay. You're, here's where it is. I'm a fan of the potential setup because they're kind of like setting up a potential like heist or even like a full on like invasion of of Slanesh's realm, which I'd be all hyped for. Yeah, but they also kind of like said we're not going to do that anytime soon because we have to deal with this other side thing, like finding a solitaire and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that was another reason why I made these guys so extreme was because. I don't like that, you know, that the Inari storyline kind of just ends and there's no fully forward momentum. So I kind of was like, well, if they yeah. can't go forward, the tra- the way they're using, why not just go around it in a different way, which is the yeah. extremist way. Yeah, like it's so weird. The Yanari seem like such a a dropped opportunity that like they haven't picked back up and who knows if they ever will. Like, yeah, it's just, like we have craft world eldar we have drakari obviously but now we even have corsar new corsar miniatures people have been teasing, teasing about new exodite miniatures but we don't have any yanari miniatures yeah yeah like, do they have the vizark as a they have the vizark as a um yeah they have the Viz, they have the three okay. heroes and that's all okay. they have and then you're just expected okay. to either take eldar miniatures or dark eldar miniatures but it's like they need their own like style additional to- characters yeah, they no models, yeah. man. Like they need something yeah. that's actually them. Like, like you said, they took it to a point where now they're kind of in the universe, and then they left it. But like, I yeah. need to see how they're actually in the universe now. What are they actually doing? What? It, how is it affected them differently than just being an Eldari Ardrikari? You know? Yeah, like, like a like a mix of races. Not only that, but like exactly. Like aside from like Vect being like, "Oh, I'll get you next time, your brain." It's 
it's it's not much else has happened, and it's kind of yeah. made me sad because like when did their story stop? They they stopped the the Yunari storyline like a year and yeah. a half ago. Uh, yeah, like last I ever read anything, Yunari was like at the beginning of eighth when they did like the three, uh, like the return of Rubik Gilliman campaign or whatever. Yeah, and like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know they had the two books that it was meant like they had two books that was meant to be a trilogy, but then they stopped after the second book. Hmm. Which I, I just found odd. Yeah. I wonder if it just wasn't popular or like what the deal was. Like Yeah. It I don't seems know. like the Eldar are like a like a, a popular race, but they're not a popular like red race. Like hmm. it, like there's not a lot of books about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even the Necrons who are, you know. Spooky, scary robot skeletons have better books than most of the Eldar books. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I just picture Yanari like uh, these these guys, their factions. I picture picture them covered in skulls, like very like. Uh, they have the Megan Raw miniature. You know, you would very much in my mind oh, beam so cool. off of that. Like, you know, this this is now how they've transformed. They've become a part of Yanari. Now I want to see them in their Gennari glory. And it's cool to see like your army where they actually have dialed up this radicalism. It's like, yeah. this is actually how, yeah. how this has really affected them and what they're actually doing now. Yeah. Like for my philosophy, like my philosophy, whenever I'm writing lore for 40 K specifically is like every faction should have a reason to fight every other faction, work with yeah. every other faction and fight itself. And the Eldar don't really mm -hmm. have a reason to fight themselves except like, Oh, the Drukhari attacked the Eldar, but they don't really attack them very often because at least I don't know of many situations where the Drukhari actually openly attack the Eldar. Yeah, we it, you know, there's few stories, I'm sure. I, I really yeah. like what you say about like those those rules you kind of apply when writing lore. Uh maybe the only one I would add to that would be a reason that they have to be in the entire galaxy, just so they're not limited in one spot, you know. And that kind yeah. of goes to that they have to be able to fight everything aspect that yeah. you mentioned. So very cool. I like yeah. other don't, people. Don't think different. it's the wrong way, but like the Tau, unlike the Tau. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, what the hell? We have crew all the way across the whole galaxy. They're everywhere. Yet we don't have Tau. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's something that makes me laugh. Cause I seen, um, I was watching YouTube videos, someone playing Tau fighting. Um, what was it? What were they fighting? They were fighting something, but like, it was nowhere the Tau should be fighting them. Yeah. Yeah. I was exactly. like, what? Yeah. They're fighting Imhotep. They're fighting Imhotep the Stormlord, who I don't think is anywhere near Tau space. Interesting. I don't think. Yeah. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I yeah. I don't think I don't think Tau would be fighting Imhotep. And if they did, I think Imhotep would slaughter their entire race. Yeah. No, it, this was a cool story. I like these little rules. And now hearing them, I can see how you actually applied them to the story um very great very cool lore i can't wait to see this built up do you have any conversion ideas that you're trying to put into this army um hmm, i honestly want to add i don't want to say skulls because skulls is very imperium but very like morbid-esque ideas a part of me was kind of yeah. thinking um like hispanic or not Hispanic. i don't want to say it in that way but like like uh, they have the dead effectively to give them kind of their own that kind of style because i'm imagining because like when i think of the the craft world it's very like wraith bone very mixed match colors because there's so many different cultures like forcibly contorted yeah. together that it's like illuminated by all these different colors so like yeah. i was imagining kind of day of the dead mixed mix of colors but kind of like 
bright death effectively yeah well that, that makes sense because like to them it's a celebration like it, it's, it's yeah it's not necessarily a bad thing you know so very cool i i can see how you could paint that like do the face paint and really make that kind of yeah add that element of your own thing that it's different from yanari it's different or from eldari it's different from drukari it's your own little thing yeah Yes, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share about it before we end? Um, I actually just wanted to ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What are What are your thoughts on Laveria Miniad, the Farseer, who's has a complicated relationship with Severon? Um, let's read that again real quick. Let me. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> hey, I got a fuck too. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I now that you've mentioned it, like I think we need another short story about exactly how that happens. You know, what are the sexual relations like? Where does the penis go on an Eldar? <laughs> it's in the forehead. That's why they have such big helmets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are they keeping it's under not for their... their egos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah okay well i'm glad we left it on a dick joke uh exactly you, that's, that's the important part <laughs> yeah thanks for joining me no problem uh if you guys have a story you want to submit you can submit to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and if you like the show don't forget to submit or support it by throwing me some money there's links in the description uh patreon listener lore I know this descriptions. Click in the links. Uh Ray Ray, thanks again. See you later. See you, man. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.